the show must go on is back for another week and this time we have a motorsport special. We bring you a mix of sport and comedy to fill that lockdown void. Here's who's on today's show. Hi, I'm Ian Sterling. And yes, I do talk like this all the time. And yes, it is incredibly exhausting, mate. Joining Lindsay this week are a whopping three Islanders, sorry, contestants. Comedian Athena Kamlenu and racing drivers Jamie Chadwick and Max Chilton. Athena is an award-winning comedian and has written for sketch shows like The Now Show on Radio 4 and Sketchtopia, mate. Jamie won the inaugural edition of the W Series and also races in the F3 Asian Series, which I think takes place on some sort of keyboard. Max has raced in Formula One competitions and currently competes for Carlin Motorsport in the Indy Car Series, which I think are just like regular cars, except they wear floaty dresses and have really deep chats. I'm so excited for the show to start. Over to Lindsay. The show must go on on Union Jack Radio. No Love Island for the foreseeable either, which might explain why we've got Ian Sterling as today's voice of the show. Time to welcome our guest then this week, and there's a few to get through as we've got a jam-packed hour to come. Let's start with this week's comedian, Athena Kuglenu. She wrote a comedy set called Follow the Leader, Poking Fun at Politics, and you must have enough material, Athena, for a sequel after the last three months. I've got enough toilet paper, don't know about comedy material. Um, <laughs> that's pretty pretty much it. Yeah, unfortunately, anybody who watches a stand-up show wants to be go back on the circuit we'll just hear joke after joke about what it's like to be stuck in your house for seven weeks and or maybe even longer than that but I'm trying I'm trying to expand my my repertoire but it's very difficult when we're all stuck in this situation and politics that must be the topic that it's the gift that keeps giving it's sort of hard to write jokes about people who are doing their jobs in quite a funny way because I don't need to write jokes this is (laughs) they're they're doing it for me but what's great is everyone's really engaged in politics now. Before, if you said you were a political comedian, people would kind of switch off. But now, I mean, everyone knows who Rishi Sunak is. No one really cared who the chancellor was before in a comedy club. Right? You go on your Hindu and have your comedy night. You don't, you don't care about the chancellor. But now people might be up for those jokes. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. I hadn't thought of it like that. They've been stealing your thunder. Um, Our sports stars today are from the world of motorsport. We have IndyCar driver Max Chilton and winner of the inaugural W Series, Jamie Chadwick. Good to have you both on the show. Welcome along. Uh, just, Just describe to us where you are right now, what the current situation is in your respective competitions as well. So I'm currently at home in uh, Rygate in Surrey. Uh, I've been back in the UK for eight weeks since my first race of the year in St. Petersburg, Florida was cancelled. I'm currently racing the IndyCar series, but that doesn't look like it's going to get underway until June. But uh, fingers crossed that goes ahead and we can get back to doing what we know best. Yeah, so I'm actually um, locked down in London. Um, I was actually in New Zealand on the other side of the world um, as it started to go into lockdown. So fortunately, I made it back. I have absolutely no idea how long I've been in lockdown for. It feels like a blur in terms of the amount of days or what even day of the week it is. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to keep busy training keep doing um, everything I can do to stay sharp. So hopefully if we do get back racing soon, you know, I'm going to be as in as good a shape as possible. 
I really do hope so. Well, uh, that was the voice there of Jamie Chadwick, that last voice that you heard. We've got you both on the show for the next hour. I think we start as well with the three of you asking how you've been coping during lockdown. Athena? Three course breakfasts. I have three course breakfasts. Breakfast starts at nine, it finishes at half eleven and then I have lunch. Uh, And that's how I cope. (laughs) And it's going great. How have I been managing in uh, lockdown? Uh, it's been a struggle. I, like, similar to Jamie, I was on the other side of the world. So I was in Florida, St. Petersburg, uh, when it went into lockdown. We managed to get out a couple of days before Trump closed the borders. Um, and then quite sadly, my uh, father-in-law, who I was very close with, had a stroke the, the two days later when we got back. So we spent the first two weeks of lockdown in a, an A&E ward with COVID patients. So that was quite a challenge. Um, unfortunately, he passed away two weeks later. Um, so it's been very difficult as for, for me and my wife. But we're getting through it. We're spending a lot of time in the garden, doing hiking and, and keeping fit. But it's, uh, I think it's, it's a challenge for everyone. Uh, but losing someone in this time is, is not easy. That's dreadful. Um, Jamie, hopefully slightly better times for you. Yeah, I mean, from my side, um, you know, it's just been adapting to the new normal, I think. Um, trying to make a routine where I can. I've been on my own for most of the time initially I started to actually quite enjoy it it was a bit weird I think I liked the fact that I had time uh, to do stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise had time to do and I think I can speak maybe on behalf of Max as well we're so used to constantly traveling constantly being on the go that actually just spend a bit of time at home uh, was quite nice I'm now admittedly starting to get a little bit over it I'm starting to sort of want to yeah get back to normality and especially get back to racing so yeah, I mean, I'm coping fine. Um, but yeah, definitely itching to get back out. So for you, we heard that um, Max would have been in Florida around about March time. Uh, you were meant to be in preseason training in Spain. Is that right for the W Series? Now that's the all female racing series for those that aren't aware at the moment, which you won in the inaugural year. So what's the plan for that now? Will it be returning soon? Yeah, exactly. So I think I was, yeah, I would have been somewhere at this point. Um, I keep getting my calendar crop up with notifications and I think it's just trying to spite me because it's just see where I should be or what I should be doing um, under normal circumstances. But they've just announced a new sports series. So the focus now is on a little bit on that. And I think, yeah, it's just waiting to hear when they can have a bit more clarity as to when we can get back racing. I think realistically, it's not going to be until much later in the year. For the W Series, for example, we've got drivers coming from all sorts of different countries. I think there's over 12 countries that the girls come from. So they've got to obviously allow for, you know, all of us to be in a position where we're able to go and compete. And yeah, it's not going to be easy for sure. So I think the focus now is on, yeah, doing everything we can in this situation. But hopefully, you know, if they do get back racing at the end of the year, we're ready for that as well. You mentioned esports. So are you both getting involved with the gaming world? I'm a rookie to it. I basically, the last console I had was about 15 years ago. Um, but when IndyCar announced they were doing an IndyCar challenge, which has now come to an end, it was over six weekends. I had to go and use my um, simulator at my race team because I was one of, I think, only two drivers out of 34 of us that didn't have one in our in our house. So that made it quite a challenge trying to catch up because these gaming things are oh, like very, very realistic. And all of us racing drivers prepare before we go to every race weekend on them. But you do become better the more you do at it. And some of these drivers which have one in their house could practice eight, nine hours a day. And I know some of them were. And so when I was just popping down to Carlin two or three times a week for a few hours to sort of get some practice in before the race every evening on a Saturday, it was a big, big challenge. But it was very enjoyable. There was a few heated moments. The thing I like about the esports is everyone can talk to each other. Um, So that makes it quite 
entertaining as a driver and also I think for the fans. I think a couple of drivers have been caught out probably doing things or saying things they shouldn't. But in general, it's it's been quite, I think, fun for people to be able to watch esports on TV. I have this image of you both throwing consoles across the room in frustration because there's that competitive edge. I know Athena and I, we spoke before coming on the show today about how we think car games were the best ones when we were younger, when you were, when you were playing on consoles. Those were the ones you wanted to do, weren't they, Athena? It was all about Mario Kart. It was all about Mario yeah. Kart on the Super Nintendo, four people in a living room competing, being foul-mouthed, road rage, 11-year-olds going crazy. That's, that's my thing. Mario Kart was where I peaked as a driver, I think. I totally agree. I think Mario Kart is a, a, one of the ones I remember as a childhood. I think there was one called Crash Bandicoot as well, which was sort yeah. of similar to Mario <laughs> Kart going through the trees. But Mario Kart's where it all started. And I think it's such a fantastic game. They should bring it back. Well, the show must go on is all about us getting to know more about you both away from the track, including what you used to like playing when you were younger. Also delving into the life of a comedian as well. So we'll be getting to know a lot more about the three of you throughout this show. Also coming up, Max and Jamie share two motivational songs each that get them really fired up for competing or what they like to listen to away from the track as well. These will be added to our overall series playlist, which you can also find online at unionjack.co.uk. Because we're all suffering from boredom, from lockdown life i've also asked athena max and jamie to recommend a film or box set to help entertain us for a few hours at least plus we've got round three of the home decathlon challenge where we pit our comedian against our athletes for points on the overall leaderboard we'll have more on that to come later hello it's uh boris Johnson here and you are listening to the show must go on on Union Jack Radio a uh, a great show so guys I I guess the biggest question of all is the live sport element that's missing we've spoken about being on simulators but are you all missing the actual buzz of live sport at the moment absolutely I think sport is one of those things like music which brings people together I think some people are really into it specifically football where they treat it as a bit of a religion uh, are really missing going down to the pub twice a week and watching football games with their friends. I'm not one into football hugely, but I just love sport because I think it just brings everyone together. That's why I'm a big fan of the Olympic Games. It's very, very sad that they're having to cancel or even postpone stuff for, for things to the next year. Um, but that's the way we're in at the moment. Definitely missing it. But it is in times like this, people then become creative. So there's been some amazing things of people doing stuff which wouldn't have happened if we had gone into lockdown. For example, this eSports stuff, I'm not a gamer, but I actually think some of it's been some really good racing. Uh, they've had old legends of people in their 50s and 60s get onto simulators and start racing each other, which would never have happened otherwise. And just other sports around the world. People, I saw a guy in the news who loved rock climbing. He wasn't allowed out, so he started rock climbing up the side of his house. It's just <laughs> how people have become creative. I saw that too. I saw that too. He's braver than me. Um, Jamie, how about for you? Yeah, I'm exactly the same as Max. I'm a massive lover of sport. And um, yeah, honestly, I'm just <laughs> waiting to get back to when, you know, we can start going, well, maybe not going just to the pub, but <laughs> start watching some more live sport. And I think from my side, I've kind of, sort of just become infatuated with other sports suddenly because of this lockdown. Um, I'm obsessed with cycling now, triathlons, all sorts of random stuff. And I'm really enjoying actually a lot of the sporting channels are putting on archived footage or sort of old footage. And I'm actually really enjoying some of that because it's quite cool to relive some big moments. And in a weird sense, I feel like I don't ever get emotional at films or anything like that. But 
something about sporting success or whatever that emotion is that you see in other people, it gets me every time. You share something in common there, Jamie, with Athena, because I know that you like your cycling. Um, so more about the two wheels than four wheels, are you, Athena? I'm a bit more about the two wheels than, than the four wheels. Yeah. I've cycled forever, but I should say just the commuter and just the tourer. I'm not <laughs> doing triathlons or 200 miles in my living room. It's, it's, just, the, it's just me on, on my bike having, for the, going, going out for the crack. But that's great. I think that's the best thing about cycling for me is that there's no, it's not off limits to anyone. I think it has got this slight connotation that I've fallen well into the trap of where you just want all the best kit and mm-hmm. to look the best. I'm so guilty of that. But at the same time, I love the fact that everyone's doing it. And even in this lockdown, I think the amount of people I see out on bikes, cycling, being active, it's, it's really cool to see. It's the best thing about this lockdown. I leave my house now to go on my on my weekend rides, and so many people on bikes. But then normally you'd see people on kind of like five thousand pound Pinarellos and you know really expensive <laughs> kit, and that's great. But what you actually want is people going out on a two hundred quid bike, just enjoying the fresh air, and and they can obviously escalate it if they want to be that guy. But it's nice to see people seeing cycling as accessible and not something that's like got to be really skilled and super fit to do um, and I personally like think cycling is such a solution for so many of society's ills I get quite passionate about just seeing people out on their bike in their everyday clothes enjoying it from A to B without creating any air pollution. I totally agree with you I've been um, I've been going out for long hike uh, hikes with my wife and just just around our local town in Rygate and finding footpaths which are within half a kilometre of our house which we never knew existed I've done more walking in the last two months than I've done in probably two years. It's been fantastic for that. Um, and seeing, again, I've, I've been out on my road bike uh, three times last week. I think I went out on it three times last year because I sort of went off road bikes a little bit just because of the way people drive around you. But because the roads have been really quiet, I've been out and about. Typically, I had my first accident with a car in lockdown when the roads are really oh, quiet. No. I survived. I had a little damage on my leg. But it is good to see people out and out and about. Athena, we've established what Jamie and Max should have been doing right now in training or competing. How about for yourself doing comedy? What would you have been doing in the middle of May? I should have been in Hull. I was should I've had <laughs> the glamour. <laughs> exactly. No, I had loads of dates in my diary. I had Hull, Crawley, Guildford, um, Birmingham, so bright lights, big cities. But I should have been on tour. I should have been traveling around the country performing and I'm not and I'm just itching to stand up in front of people and show off and I can't and my other half is sick of it my toddler's sick of it (laughs) but I really miss performing in front of a live audience. Athena's picked up on something there and Max Jamie are you something of a show-off as well is that that part of your personality? Yeah once you're on a on a sporting event with a crowd it's very similar to a stand-up comedian or an artist musician you've got a crowd watching you um, and you're technically performing and sort of showing off to them. So I get where she's coming from. It's sad that um, Athena's missed out on a performance in Crawley and <laughs> Guildford because they're my sort of two nearest towns around me. So I have to look out for a schedule when they get rebooked and make sure I go along. Now, 2020, of course, has been something of a write-off. But for you, Jamie, 2019, it was really your year, wasn't it? You know, Do you see that as the year so far you've achieved most to date? Yeah, I would say so. Everything that came together last year really did come together. I think everything that I set out to achieve, I was really happy that I was able to achieve. And the sort of ongoing effect of that was so much greater than I could ever imagine. I think as a driver or as a sports person, you are clearly or you focus solely on the performance element and the outcome, uh, which for me was to win the championship. 
but you can never really predict or anticipate uh, effect of that or the effect that's going to have elsewhere. And I think I was amazed by the exposure and everything that came alongside that with W Series especially and also the other bits that I did. So, yeah, it was honestly an incredible year. Um, mm. But I kind of see it a little bit more as a bit of a box tick and then focus on what's next. And, yeah, I still know there's a huge amount that I need to achieve yet to make it to where I want to be. And, yeah, it's just about taking the steps that I need to do that and kind of ticking the boxes, I guess. As well as the W Series, you also won a 24-hour race where you got to drive Aston Martins. That would be most people's dream. Uh, You're the first ever female winner of the MRF title. And most significantly that a lot of people who love F1 will have noticed is that you're now a Williams development driver. And Max, with your experience in F1, you'll know how unusual it is to see a woman breaking through as a development driver. How big a step do you think this is that Jamie's been taking? Um, I think it's fantastic. I've watched Jamie for years, but she's just dominant at everything she does. She's got two titles in the last couple of years under her belt. That's two more than I've ever had. So, you know, she's fantastic. I don't really think sex comes into this. She's she's a racer like all of us. I remember racing against a lady she was racing against last year called Alice Powell um, when I was in go-karts. And, you know, we didn't see her as a girl. She was just she was the same as us and she would beat us some days and we'd beat her other days and she was a fierce racer but Jamie beat her to the championship last year so um, it's great to see them going on for so long with these careers and building it and Jamie's had so much exposure she said towards the end of last year for for her success it's it's great to see the sport uh, being pushed I've been a big advocate of uh, females coming into the sport because when I was in F1 I always seemed to get asked that question do you think mm. there ever be a female in F1 and I said well First of all, Susie Wolfe was the test driver at Williams at the time. And they, were, they would ask questions like, are they strong enough? I said, don't be ridiculous. Like Susie does 50, 60 lap stints during F1 testing. She's more than capable of doing a race stint. And, you know, the problem I have is there's just not enough women coming into the sport, which is going to give them a chance of getting to Formula 1. Because if you look at the amount of people that get into go-karting, it's probably 95%, if not more, male than it is female. So the chances of getting... A female's Formula 1 is hard. We need to get those numbers up. We need to get more women into karting, which will then give more people to pick from to get to Formula 1. But it's going that way and hopefully we'll have someone there soon. And that could be because of the lack of role models and people to aspire to. But that's changing now because of people like Jamie. And it's really inspiring. Um, It brings us on nicely as well to get our first motivational track. And we'll go to you first, Jamie, for yours. Uh, What is it and why is it important to you? So to be honest, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a terrible answer. These are terrible because I, my, the music I listen to is normally so chilled, um, especially before a race. I'm probably the only person that likes listening to chilled music before a race because I like to relax. I don't like to get too hyped up or otherwise I find myself bouncing off into walls. Um, but yeah, I went for two tracks that seem to be on my playlist quite a lot at the moment. The Dua Lipa one, I just feel like that's played everywhere and it just gets me in a good mood. And I like being in a good mood, so that's uh, probably the reason I play that quite a lot. (laughs) That's good enough for us. This is Don't Start Now on Union Jack.
listening to The Show Must Go On with me, Lindsay Hooper, and this week I'm joined by comedian Athena Kuglenu, as well as IndyCar driver Max Chilton and W Series driver Jamie Chadwick. Now, I'd usually ask you, Jamie, about that first song because it was your choice, but instead, I'm going to ask Max what he made of your first music choice today, because I think it's fair to say you have very different music takes. Oh, it's terrible. I, I should have done better. I'm sorry. I, I think it's fine. Um, the weird thing is, is what Jamie was saying about... Uh, picking songs uh, at the start of the race to sort of get you in the zone of chilled is exactly the same as me. I listen to really chilled. I'm not really into one of these sort of like loud party pop music. So I'm the same. And I think if you're too hyped up, you usually crash at turn one. And so, no, I totally agree with her song choice. That's fine. Do you want me to mention my song? Not yet. Not yet. We'll hold on to that because there are three more songs, as Max has just teased, to come. Plus, Athena will go up against Jamie or Max in our Home Decathlon Challenge. Uh, You can have a go as well yourselves at all of the challenges that we've set so far. You can tweet us with how you've got on over at Union Jack Radio on Twitter. So, Max, uh, many people, of course, know you from your time in F1. But what's it been like adjusting to the IndyCar series? Um, Alonso had also raced in IndyCar as well. So did you speak to him about? Yeah, so uh, the the adjustment's been um, rather large, but it's been over a period of time. I I finished in Formula One towards the end of 2014, and then I've been in America ever since. I started in a thing called Indy Lights, which is the feeder series to IndyCar. The reason I did that is quite a step down from Formula One, but in IndyCar and American racing, you have a thing called oval racing, which is just going around left and left, which sounds really super simple, but it's actually more technical than any other racing I've ever done. And the speeds are super high. We're, we're averaging 240 miles an hour for a lap. There was a lot to learn. Um, Fernando Alonso was my teammate last year, but we actually, both of us failed to qualify for the Indy 500. But he also did it in 2017, which was the year I came very close to winning it. So close, Max. So close. I lost the lead with six laps to go, but I led it for, for over 50 laps. It was very close to winning the biggest race in the world, but fingers crossed I can get myself back in that position one day. Do you get dizzy or scared at all when you're doing these sorts of races? Because you talk about IndyCar. I've watched that on on um, YouTube and different clips. But the amount of crowds that are there as well and the amount of cars that just go hell for leather. Yeah, so the Indianapolis 500 is has been going for 104 years, but it's 33 cars going flat out for 200 laps. It is scary at times. I've stopped doing all of the oval racing apart from the Indy 500 because it's just not it's just not for me. I enjoy the Indy 500 because we get two weeks of practice and everyone treats it with respect. But it is fun, you know, 240 miles an hour. It doesn't feel overly fast when you're on your own. But as soon as you've got other cars side by side and you've got 400,000 people packed in, the whole facility and the view changes from the two weeks practice you've had previous. So it takes a lot of adjustment, but um, I do enjoy it. And, you know, I'd love to win the Indy 500 one day because that is uh, it's, it's, it's the largest single day sporting event in the world. Yeah, just to add to that, I went to the Indy 500 for the first time last year. And honestly, it was by far the best sporting event I've ever been to. It was unbelievable. I think the Americans clearly know how to do it. But also, you, I'm a motorsport fan. I see F1 cars and what have you all the time. But I have never seen speed like that. I think there's something about yeah the walls being so close. And like Max said, all the cars being so bunched together. It's insane. In Indy 500 is the biggest race in the world, as you said, and it's in America, and everything Americans do are like is bigger. So, did what was it like interacting with fans of the Indy 500 compared to competing with and interacting with fans in Formula One? They're both very passionate, that's for sure. The American fans are slightly different. Is in the Indy 500, especially, is a bit of a religion to them. It always happens towards the end of May. 
basically it's the start of their summer holiday. So they all go there as, as family. And I've met a number of people that have been going for 60 or 70 years without missing a single race. And as Jamie said, it is such a special event. It's, the cannon goes off at six o'clock, this huge cannon. All the drivers stay in their motones in the middle of the track because forget trying to get in with the traffic. And that cannon wakes you up. And from then on, it's just flooded with over 400,000 people. And they have the most amazing flyovers. Um, you have the president come in. Um, just this whole parade builds up. And by the time the start of the race is going, you are absolutely pumping. It's it's unbelievable experience and something I never knew about. I never paid attention to it until the first year I actually took a part in it. So it's uh, it's become a big part of my life and um, can't wait to do it for the first time ever in August this year because I've had to delay it. All of this time in America, Max, have, have you met Donald Trump? No, I haven't met Trump. Um, Simon Pagina won the race last year, um, actually got a phone call uh, waking him up from President Trump uh, the morning after. It must have been weird for Pagina to wake up to a phone call from the president. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that away from the track, you probably want to do something completely different because you've got all of that adrenaline. I think being a petrol head, it, more so than any other sport, you, you have a lot to deal with on the day, like you say, all that noise as well. So away from it, um, I've been reading GQ magazine recently, Max, and you like gardening, don't you? I do. And I'm not afraid to hide it. I think it's something I'm a big fan of. And I think as Jamie said, she's really enjoying this time off. I'm the same. I, I usually commute to America and back every two weeks. So from sort of February to September, I do a lot of flying. And so when I come home, gardening is my like, it's just chilled. Racetracks are so noisy and loud and so many people trying to get your attention that once I close the garden gate, it's just me or my wife. It's our little haven. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's well worth the money we spent on it because every morning you open the curtains or you go out and have your coffee or your breakfast and it's just a it's just an amazing place um so I'm a, I'm a big pusher in younger people getting into it because I think a lot of people think it's the older generation but in my opinion if you've got a garden even if it's the size of a car uh, or it's huge it doesn't really matter just make the most of that outdoor space I couldn't agree more, but it wasn't what I was expecting to hear from a racing car driver, I have to say. There's this bit of a myth that it's like a rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, I'm sure that, that motorsport is known for that. I think James Hunt, um, sort of Breakfast of Champions, sort of gave motorsport that name. I wish it was that cool, but it's sort of not anymore. Of course, we go out passing every now and then after certain certain events, but more often than not, we, we're we so professional. We, you know, I, don't, I haven't drunk a beer for months. I'm not really a beer drinker, but sport is so competitive now you have to be at the top of your game and fitness and health and you can't really get away with doing that kind of lifestyle some people I know do it and they get away with it a little bit but I think in general sports and athletes throughout the most part of their year they have to be professional from the day they wake up to the uh, or the day they wake and, and and the time they go to bed well we heard from Ian Sterling at the top of the show and he's back now with a question for you Hi, Jamie. It's Ian Sterling here. Would you ever consider coming on Love Island? If not, why not? And is there a reality show that you would go on? That's a lot of questions. Ah! (laughs) That is a great question. I've never been asked that. I'm not the kind of person that I think uh, would end up on Love Island at all. But I I am guilty of binge-watching it. Reality TV, on the other hand, um, ooh, I've always quite liked I'm a Celeb. Well, I always think I could do quite well in that, but actually I reckon I'll get trapped in a dark hole for like five minutes and then freak out and that'll wow. be it. 
Oh, you are obviously brave, Jamie. So that would be the last on my list. Uh, spiders and heights and all that sort of thing. So you're a bit of a daredevil. Yeah, I mean, heights are okay. I was in, when I was in New Zealand, I did a bungee jump and I thought I was good with heights, actually. And I sort of threw myself off thinking I'll be fine and had the biggest freak outs of mid commitment to the jump. So um, yeah, I mean, heights are okay. But um, yeah, spiders are a no-go. Snakes, absolute no-go. And I'm a, I don't like claustrophobic spaces either. So actually, I don't want to do I'm a celeb. I don't want to do I'm up island. I will quite happily just continue my racing career. <laughs> Um, Max I have to say that you weren't included on the Love Island bit there from Ian because you're married but uh, the reality show does apply I think yes um, Love Island I love watching I love first dates hotel that sort of kind of program I absolutely love it the ones I would like I've always loved I'm a celebrity like Jamie said but I'm petrified of snakes and spiders as well and it's so easy from your tv at home sat on the sofa going oh just man up just do it but when you're actually there and there's a snake in your face or a spider crawling up, I, it, you would absolutely say, I'm a slave, get me out of here. The one I have started watching is called SAS, Who Dares Wins. Oh, yeah. If they asked me, I would definitely do it. What reality shows appeal to a comedian, Athena? Oh, uh, I've always thought I'd be good on Big Brother, but not Big Brother in the early days, not what it turned into, kind of Channel 4, Seasons 1 to 4. Nothing. I'm with um, I'm with Max and Jamie. I, I can't go near a snake. I watched the gig in a zoo and I had to get it moved from the reptile house because I couldn't go in. Um, that's yeah, Anyway, don't like snakes. I do Big Brother. That's my answer. <laughs> Uh, Athena, you get to experience now the the drastic difference in taste of music between Jamie and Max because we've got Max's first song to play. Uh, what have you opted for, Max, and why? I love really chill music. I love the old school stuff. Uh, Fleetwood Mac Gypsy is my my first song I'm going to select. Oh, great choice. Even though I've gone for completely opposite styles, that's a very, very good call. So there you have it. This is Max's choice, Fleetwood Mac and Gypsy, sung number two in the show and sung number one from him. So I'm back to the velvet underground, back to the floor that I love. Show must go. I'm Lindsay Hooper and this is The Show Must Go On on Union Jack Radio where I'm joined by comedian Athena Kublenu and racing drivers Max Chilton and Jamie Chadwick. Still to come, the Home Decathlon Challenge where we pick comedians against athletes and also ask you to join in as well. Plus another of Max and Jamie's motivational songs coming up. Any of you, have you picked up new skills during lockdown? That's been one of my questions during this series. Piano. I started playing the piano again. Oh, Athena, I'm very impressed with this piano. So have you got a piano in your house? We have an electric piano. So we, I played as a, as a child because we had a piano in our house growing up. And then like lots of young people, I stopped playing. I hadn't played for maybe 20, 20, 25 years, which is a very long time. So I started playing the piano again. And I'm by no means accomplished, but I can do a very basic bit of Mozart now, like very basic. But I'm getting there. I'm really pleased to have started playing again. Brilliant. And, and Max, was the gardening a new thing or is there something else that you've taken up? Well, first of all, I'm really jealous of Athena being able to play the piano. I'm the least musical person you can imagine. Um, I started to learn to play the flute when I was about five or six years old at school. Very, very bad at it. I had my first, do you call it grade one when you're doing tests? I can't even remember what they do, but let's call it grade one exam. And they asked me what a quaver was. And I said, it's a really nice cheesy crisp. 
At least you got to grade one. I, I wasn't musical either at all. And at school, I got downgraded so far to triangle, even from the snare drum. I missed my point in the in the end of uh, school assembly where I was meant to hit it. My mom shouted at me from the audience to hit the triangle. I, I was just awful. So I completely get that. Uh, Jamie, have you got any musical bone in your body? Oh, not at all. I, my parents, I'm being stubborn because they always said to me that I should always play an instrument and I never really wanted to when I was younger because when I'm older I would regret not playing an instrument and I do regret not playing an instrument but I'm not going to admit that to them ever yeah I'm not very musical at all definitely um house singing competitions at school um I remember being asked to mime so still a bit traumatized from that actually Evidently from this next section, the thing we do all like to do is watch uh, box set series. Um, so we'll come on to film and box set recommendations during lockdown. Now I'm going to whistle around the three of you, starting with Athena, our comedian. Um, what would you recommend for anyone in lockdown right now that you think has been a really good watch? It's a show on Netflix. It's called Giri Haji. It's a Japanese slash British show. It is brilliant. And it's a bit of a kind of, unknown. it's kind of passed under the radar it's superb, it's violent, it's gritty, it's emotional, gripping. It's the best show I've seen in a long time. It's great. I've gone for um, Peaky Blinders. I can't wait for them to hopefully release another series and then another series because I just, I love the music, I love the, the clothing and I love that era. It's a little bit gory for me, but it's not as bad as some things I've watched. So I can sort of get by. I won't be telling my mum to watch it, that's for sure, because that would be far too gory for her. But I just, I love the music and the style of, of, of the characters. I love that opening music. Do you own a flat cap? Absolutely. That's another thing I'm guilty of. I, I, obviously, at the moment, we're not going out. But more often than not, summer or winter, I'm wearing a, a postboy hat. Yeah. Just imagining you speaking in a Brummie accent now as well. <laughs> I um, oh, I absolutely love Peaky Blinders and also I'm a big lover of a lot of box sets. But uh, the one I've watched most recently was Normal People on BBC which I think is based on the Sally Rooney books, which I've not read, but I'm definitely going to read it now because I watched the series and it's amazing. So beautiful, so well written, so well acted as well. Um, Yeah, I'm impressed. I'm part way through that, but it did get a bit awkward because if you're actually um, isolating with your parents at the moment, not one you want to watch when your dad's around, really. It's quite funny, actually. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I was FaceTiming some of my friends whilst watching it and I was saying to them, like, definitely watch this don't watch it with anyone around but it's awkward but it's also so beautiful in a really weird way I don't know I absolutely love it I think the way that they've portrayed those scenes has been so well done I think and yeah definitely don't watch it with anyone but I think it is really really good as well thank you for those recommendations and for anyone curious so far this series what people have been choosing you can go to unionjack.co.uk we have another question and this time it's from a tennis superstar Hey Max, how's it going? It's Roger Federer here, uh, your sporting idol, I imagine. I've actually known, you know, since I was a child that I was the most talented person in the world. But, you know, when did you know that you were good at thriving? Wow, what an honour. That's Roger Federer. How on earth have you pulled that one out of that? <laughs> that is epic. He's the god of tennis and well, always will be. So, wow, that is epic. Um, how did I know I was good? I started go-casting and having some success and just felt a passion for it. And I think if you're passionate about something, as long as you work hard enough, you'll get good at it. They say, is there such a thing as natural talent? Um, You know, you're born with it. I don't believe in that. I think if you work hard enough, anyone's good at anything. 
Athena, at what point did you know you were funny, actually? When my parents told me I wasn't funny. You're not funny, Athena, stop it. And when you do that to your parents, you're probably quite a funny person, I think. But generally, I kind of just always, people just always laughed at things that I said, but I never intended to be funny. Does that make sense? So people would just be like, oh, you're really funny. But I would just be speaking saying things that were coming to my brain and people were doing that my whole life I actually got into comedy quite late I was 31 when I started performing most people start in their in their early 20s or even in their late mm. teens because I had a lifetime of people telling me I was funny and then one day I saw the Sunday Times rich list and it was all comedians I thought hold on a minute like I should be getting making more money than this if I'm funny and that's how I started I'm not on the Sunday Times rich list yet as it happens um time for another track from you Jamie uh tell us about this one I think for this one I went for fairly recent songs um I kind of wish I'd gone for maybe some more classics but I went for Freedom which is a cargo song um again another chilled one um I like to sort of put my headphones on and listen to something like this just any time of the day really I just like chill music stuff that yeah soothes the soul I find I was living a lie, living a lie, this is my confession I was living a lie before we met There were so many nights, so many nights full of dark temptation There were so many nights that I regret You gave me something that I can hold on to A little light when I'm down on my knees Show us go The show must go on on Union Jack Radio, a mix of comedy and sport to help you get through lockdown. Jamie Chadwick has chosen both of her motivational songs, but there's still one more to come from Max Chilton. Um, Did you enjoy that one, Athena and Max? Definitely. I've loved the mix of modern and old songs for the choices, actually. I really, I enjoy both new music and old music, so it's great. Yeah, I love, I love, I do love modern stuff as well, and I do listen to it. Um, I love my classics as well. I just don't like anything too heavily rock-based, but apart from that, I'm willing to give anything a go. (laughs) Well, we know that you've been missing live sport, so we have set a little game of our own for this one. We're going to find out from John McEnroe what this week's Home Decathlon Challenge is. Thanks, Lindsay. So, this week, the Toilet Paper Keep You Uppy Challenge. Each guest has 30 seconds to string together a good run of Toilet Paper Keep You Uppies. We're only taking their best run from within the allotted time, but they can have multiple goes. If someone manages to do Keep You Uppies for the entire 30 seconds without any breaks, they get five bonus points. I mean, come on. Huh. Whoa. So, Max, Jamie, how were you feeling about this one when you heard about the challenge? It's pretty difficult, this, trying to do keep you up into the toilet roll. I've tried. Um, you must have seen it doing the rounds on the internet as well. I hugely struggled with it. Um, I did one recently where you had to do 26 um, sort of hits with a, anything round or a bat object. And I went for a golf driver, which obviously is bowed, so it makes it a bit of a challenge. And I did it with a line, which isn't round, so it didn't bounce in the same direction. And that took me a bit of practice, but I got 26 done. I tried to do more than three with a loo roll and I could not do it. So God knows how people are doing it for 30 seconds of a loo roll. They must be a magician. 
<laughs> well, this is athletes versus comedians. And what we did, because we've got two of you on today, we took the top score. It won't come as any surprise to you, Max, that out of you and Jamie, Jamie got more. We're not going to say how many, but we've put her best bit forward rather than uh, than two in both of you. Is that all right with you? Absolutely fine. Mine was embarrassingly bad. <laughs> we'll skip over it. So Athena, how did you feel about it without giving too much away? When I heard what the challenge was, I felt like you'd called my childhood friends and asked them how best to humiliate me. That's what I thought. How did you know this is the this is my kryptonite? I can't do kickups with a normal football, let alone random things around the house. So I, I knew it wouldn't work turn out well at all. <laughs> well, let's find out how you got on first. Okay, Athena Kablainu. Let's see what she's got in the Lural Keepy Up Challenge. I mean, come on. Huh. Okay. Looks like a nice Luro. Lots of paper there. It's looking clean. It clearly hasn't been used. That's a plus. She's wearing sporty clothing. Let's see if that helps. Okay, the first shot's gone completely out of the frame. What a disaster there, man. Okay. Oh, just one again. Things are not going well. Let's see if she can get some form back towards the end of this 30 seconds. But nothing's going so far. The Luro's flying all over the place. I mean, well, this is just awful. Let's see. That's two, and it's just gone again. Two's her best to the end of that 30 seconds. She's not happy. Throws the lure all away in disgust at what's happened. Hate to say this, but her performance is worse than most of the umpires in my career. I mean, come on. Two for you, Athena. I practiced, you know, I was practicing all morning and I thought, you know what, I've got to do some parenting today. I can't spend all morning kicking a two roll around the house. So two. Well, the bar, the bar's not been set very high there. Let's see if Jamie manages to beat it. Okay, let's have a look what Jamie Chadwick's got to offer in this loo roll challenge. She looks excited. She looks keen. She's got a nice thick loo roll like Athena, but let's hope, unlike Athena, she manages to score more than two here. Okay, that's a little bit wild getting kicked off all over the shot. But, oh, what's this going on here? Five, six, seven, eight. I mean, come on. Eight's a great score. She's clearly doing great. Whoa, that one flew off a little bit all over the place. But she's clearly got talent. The Lural's floating from foot to foot, if you'll pardon the pun. And it's looking great. I mean, whoa. (laughs) Jamie, you seem to surprise yourself in this challenge. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not good at football. I don't know where that came from. Um, But I was guilty of seeing these challenges online when they were going around. But I always watched people do it and I thought that looks really easy. Why are they making such hard work of it? And then I did it myself. And the first one I did, I nearly took the TV out. And then I got eight. But I'm glad I didn't have to do it again because I think it was a massive fluke. So acting on behalf of you and Max for the athletes, that is a victory to you guys over the comedians. And that means the overall leaderboard now is two to athletes, one to comedians. And you can check them out online if you've missed any at unionjack.co.uk. Also, you can have a go at the challenge yourself, film it and send it to us on Twitter at Union Jack Radio. Uh, Time for another question and another familiar voice. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? It's it's Louis Theroux here from the BBC. Could we talk to you? I, I, I guess we're sort of, we're talking to you right now, aren't we? Is, is that a little bit weird? Yeah. So I've gathered it's quite important to come from, you know, quite a lot of money to ultimately become a motorsport driver. W- would you say that's accurate? Would you? <laughs> I am obsessed with Louis Theroux. That is 
the coolest thing I've ever had happen to me. I think you can fast track a lot of hard work and pain if you have eliminated the sort of financial barrier by having backing. But I think it's possible to do it without for sure. You know, we've seen a lot of drivers rise to the top without that kind of backing. George Russell, for example, is there purely on merit. He got picked up by Mercedes early in his career and was supported in that way. And for example, for me, I've had some amazing opportunities with W Series, for example, professionalising women's motorsport overnight. So I think it helps. It can, yeah, definitely, you can make it a motorsport um, as a racing driver without it. But I mean, you do need backing to get to the top, however you get that backing. Yeah, Jamie's sort of nailed it. it motorsport is an expensive sport. We've Everyone knows that. It, it costs millions of pounds to fly cars and have teams of engineers and trucks go all over the world. So, you know, having some backing there already definitely helps. Um, but motorsport's been that way for a long time. I believe Sterling Moss, uh, Sterling Moss's uh, family owned the F1 team that he started in. It, that's unfortunately a part of our sport. But as time goes on, it's getting better. There's people now are winning computer games and then getting into to racing that way. And I actually raced uh, with two other drivers at Le Mans in 2015 who came from uh, a game called Gran Turismo. So there are other schemes out there now. And as as long as you're fast and you're constantly winning races, then you're going to get picked up because everyone loves a winner, especially companies and a team. So if you just keep winning, you will get there. I understand that Lewis Hamilton was from fairly humble beginnings in comparison to some. And now look at him going for a seventh title. He could equal Michael Schumacher. Do you think he'll eventually surpass him? I do, but now is the real challenge. I believe this is probably his last year at Mercedes. I think there will be some racing this year for Formula 1. I don't know how much and whether they're going to class it as a championship. I I guess they will. Um, So I do think Lewis will grab it this year. So he'll equal it. The challenge is, is will Mercedes carry on for him to have the chance? Because you've got to have the car. Lewis has the skill, but you've also got to have the machinery in, in motorsport to win. And so if Mercedes don't continue, which team does he go to? Getting past uh, Schumacher will be the hardest thing. I think he'll match it, no problem. But getting past it is going to be a game of trying to pick the fastest car. Athena, I just wanted to ask you about what you are doing next, because it's it's a difficult one to call, not knowing when the new normal returns. But when it does, what does life look like for you? Well, I write a lot at the moment. I'm very lucky. Um, I'm on a BBC bursary. They're developing some of my projects and I do a lot of writing for radio. So that's great. Um, what's next is I hope that we find some kind of vaccine and we find a way to get comedy clubs open again so we can all go back on, on tour. However, I'm just going to keep writing. I do a podcast. I'm going to keep doing projects, like, little projects like this. I hopefully keep myself busy until we can get back out and start performing again. Max, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on the show. What is next for you both? Um, I believe me picking my second song is what's coming next. That is that coming. What? That is coming. Yes. <laughs> We've not forgotten it. Uh, my biggest challenge at the moment is trying to get into America in the coming weeks because the IndyCar season is, amazingly, they're just getting on with it. Um, I believe NASCAR racing this weekend. So I've got to somehow get myself into America, which is actually a real challenge because Trump closed the borders for 60 days. Um, I believe there's only three countries or 11 countries in the world that you can fly into America from. Um, so I've got to go to one of these countries, quarantine for 14 days before then going into America, which is, isn't guaranteed either. Hopefully the travel ban's lifted because I've been quarantining here for eight weeks. It's the safest thing for me to do is get on one plane and land in America than go to another country for two weeks. So that's what's on my agenda at the moment. And hopefully all these bans are lifted soon and we can get on with 
get on with the, the life? Yeah, I think for me, um, unfortunately, I don't have a set date as to when I'm going to be back in the race car. So it's a little bit frustrating because it's hard to know, um, you know, what you're working towards or when that's going to be. But yeah, I kind of going to get my teeth into this esports stuff as well. But yeah, in the very short term, I'm sort of focusing on what I can focus on. And I want to do an Ironman at the end of the year, actually, or at least a half Ironman. So training towards that as well is a little uh, thing that I'm trying to tick off. We will end with your final motivational song then, Max, to finish the show. I have to say, this is one of my favourite choices so far this series. Uh, wishing you all the best in your respective competitions when they get back underway. But you can take us out, Max. What, what have you got for us? Okay, so my choice is Jamiroquai, Seven Days in Sunny June. Jamiroquai is, I think, such a classy musician. He's, his lyrics that he creates in the songs are fantastic. It's also that era of about 15, 20 years ago where I've got some great memories of starting racing. And also, Jamiroquai is a big lover of cars and racing, uh, having met him. So it's, it's great to have one of his songs taking us out on the show. Lovely. Thank you very much. That's it for this week. We will be back again with The Show Must Go On. More comedians and sports stars next week. The Show Must Go On is created by Offside Productions Media, supported by the Audio Content Fund.